City University Television presents The American Theatre Wing Seminars Working in the Theatre This seminar, Performance A warm welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Working in the Theatre Seminars, now in the 29th year, coming to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Performers are brought together by the American Theatre Wing to these seminars, and with them, we hope to provide a clear picture of what it's like to work in the theatre. Today's seminar is with leading performers, the performers that are on Broadway right now, we can hope to learn not only about their preparation for a career in the theater, but also about the drive, passion, and the temperament needed to survive for the theater. I'm Isabel Stevenson. I'm chairman of the board of the American Theater Wing. And I'd like to right now introduce our moderator for the seminar, Pia Lindstrom. Pia, who is not only a board member of the television Thank you, Isabel. Well, we have people here with temperament, that's for sure. This is the performance segment of the American Theatre Wing Seminar. And first, I'll introduce Valerie Harper, Kate Burton, Robert Sean Leonard, and Christine Ebersole. <laughs> All of you are in some ways creating parts right now on, on Broadway that have to do with humor. Even you, Kate Burton, because you're in Hedda Gobbler, that play that hardly one thinks of as being funny, an Ibsen play, and yet you've managed to find humor in it. How does an actor go about finding humor? Uh, well, um, the biggest thing f about our Hedda Gobbler is that uh, it's, a, it's a new uh, translation slash adaptation, more translation really, by uh, John Robin Bates, wonderful playwright. In his own right, he wrote a terrific play last year called Ten Unknowns. And, um, <coughs> you know, he created... Um, this wonderful version of this phenomenal, brilliant, seminal play. And uh, he happens to be quite a wordsmith when it comes to humor, but Hedda Gabler, I've always found to be a woman who's, you know, s so many things, exasperating, wonderful, terrifying, uh, you could think of a hundred adjectives, uh, but her humor for me was the key to my playing of the character. So the humor came from the words. The so humor was there. I mean, the humor was there in, in, in John Robin Bates's, who's called Robbie, so it's just too difficult to say th three names. <laughs> John Robin, Robbie Bates's version of the play. Um, and um, because I also had this um, hilarious director, Nicholas Martin, who himself is um, quite a humorist, <laughs> Between the three of us, we <laughs> managed to, <laughs> to get every joke out of the play. And I'm not saying that I, I, it's certainly not a funny play, but what makes it very alive for me and mm. playing her every night is, um, is to find that wit that she has very intrinsically. Mm -hmm. and, um, and what's wonderful about it is in terms of the collaboration with the audience, which every play and musical really is, um, that 
sort of window into Hedda Gabler through her humor is what allows the audience in mm -hmm. every night, I think, from the beginning of the show. And um, it makes it a much more accessible play than it has been in times past, although it's always been an incredible play. Robert, you're usually associated in my mind with very serious work, and yet, you know, serious, heavy, complex dramas <laughs> like Invention of Love and so on. And now you're a song and dance man <laughs> in The Music Man. How did you find the humor in yourself to do that? Uh, uh, I'm, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> um, I, I always, th I've always found that sort of the, the, the less talented an actor is, the less funny they are. I find the, the the less intelligent they are, the less funny they are. I, I've never said no one's ever really made me laugh on stage unless they were very very good at what they do and very smart. Um, so that said, my performance is abysmally unfunny. <laughs> <of course. laughs> um, uh, I think that it's it's when you surprise the audience is th the only way you can make an audience laugh. I think is if you can surprise them. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking ahead of them and you're making choices that surprise them. Uh, that seems to be, th especially in I'm doing The Music Man right now, and it's very hard because it's a play a lot of people know very well. So <coughs> um, I find the, the laughs that, that we get together as a, as a company are usually things that are unexpected, um, turns that characters make and realizations they have and ways that they express that. And that means nothing. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea where you are. I'm, no. yeah, I'm just talking. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I just try, I try, I try is to a be mystery. funny. Is that it? You're telling us <laughs> funny line readings. Learn? We want to learn something. Or Christine, you're in a, a fantastic you know, musical, 42nd Street, that is so joyful. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you experience finding <coughs> humor on stage. Well, that's a very good question, Pia. Um, I. When you were asking all these people, I thought, oh my God, what am I going to say about <laughs> what makes something funny? Because I really don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. I think for me, a lot of it has to do with music and rhythm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes humor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, but I'm bop. You know, yeah. it's that kind <laughs> of a thing. You know, it's, it's yeah. But it's music and rhythm. Yeah. Oh. Because other than that, I really don't know. It's, it's so hard to, you know, because sometimes I'll do things that'll, that people will laugh and I go, why is that funny? Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't know why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think also, too, part of it <coughs> must come out of character mm -hmm. and sort of the needs of what the character has. Um, and not necessarily play them to say, oh, this is going to get a laugh, or this will be funny, but sort of out of what, what actu the actual need of the character is and that it will just be funny because of the, the heightened, you know, desperation or whatever the, the thing is that the character is going through. You've had <coughs> so many years, Valerie Harper, playing on television, humorous episodes, and now you're on stage in The Allergist Wife, The Tale of the Allergist Wife. And last time I was here, it was because of death-defying acts, and, and I started in musical comedy. So, so all my career, it's Is it timing? Is it having an uh, ear for <coughs> how to say the word? Yes, and I think it has a great deal to do with recognition. The audience's recognition of the truth, and that's funny, mm -hmm. you know? And I, it's... In, in the uh, Tale of the Allergist Wife, it's a hysterical material. Mm -hmm. So young people out there, pick a funny playwright. <laughs> 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 Work with someone who's good. I was blessed to... Uh, I, I wasn't raised in comedy, really. No, no, not really. I mean, I studied uh, here in New York City. Um, mm. And I, I wanted to touch on something that uh, John said about people. There were people with a sense of humor and not, you know? Mm. 
Now, the knots can sometimes be funny out of their very stoicness. That can be funny. But it really helps you, young people, to develop your sense of humor. And I never thought I was funny, but I always loved to laugh. I really did. So uh, when I, the first uh, thing that people knew me for, I was doing comedy, wait, 10 years before Rhoda, but those were wonderful writers. Mm -hmm. So there's a wonderful old adage, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. That's Unless you're doing improv, <laughs> which I also did. And Second City was a, a great way to, to, to learn comedy. But um, it has to do with telling the truth. And people say, oh, what timing, or that double take. And, 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 and you know, that, if you're going, if you're doing it rhythmically or you're going oh look once and twice that's not it but if I really uh, would look at her scarf and then look again I mean mm -hmm. if I really do it the ch if you're telling the truth it will be funny mm -hmm. I feel and um, the thing about rhythm that Christine said is so true because when I worked with Neil Simon I remember asking him about a line he said could I say this and he'd say okay say it the way it's written and he turned around he turned his back to me and I thought, uh, uh, she said, no, 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 say it. I, I don't, don't want to see you. So I said it. He said, okay, now say it the way you want to do it. He said, yeah, your way's better. Or he'll say, no, no, do it as written. But it was about rhythm mm -hmm. and music <coughs> and the way the words landed. Mm -hmm. You would get the laugh mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was Jimmy Cagney who said something about <coughs> acting. You should just find your mark, look the other fellow in the eye, <laughs> and tell the truth. <laughs> How important is the truth in acting. <laughs> well, don't ask Kate. What does he mean? Good time. Uh, so We've known each know. other a long time. It's everything. It's everything. It's everything. That's it's everything. it. The Tell truth. the truth. That's is, it? Yeah. If you're, uh, I mean, you have to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you see bad actors tell the truth and it doesn't work. You have to be a good actor <laughs> and you have to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess, that's right? simple. That's, that's simple. simple. Yeah. If you don't, that's mean, comedy. I mean, a, a, a comedy a, comes out I of I constantly that. see actors say something and I just think, okay, I, 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 you're either acting cool or you're acting like Denzel Washington, <laughs> I don't know what you're, you're not, I don't really believe what you're saying. And right. that's always the bottom line for me. So it's how to become believable, Christine. Mm -hmm. How do you well, become believable? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think so much of it is just, you know, you, you, you either you have it or you don't. You know what I mean? It's such an indescribable <laughs> thing, isn't it? Um, but there you was something really important that I was going to say, and I've totally forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's go. To, is it a craft? Can you learn any of these things? Is, is acting a craft? Think yeah, as you I can learn something. But yeah. I think that just innately, you just sort of have it. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Go ahead. It's not that big of a deal. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was about also being able to laugh at yourself. Oh. I think yes. that's a that's a, 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 a important thing. You know, I always like a good joke at my own expense, but <laughs> it really it's it's being able to sort of understand your own foibles in in a circumstance. I think that you can see what's funny. Mm -hmm. That you don't take yourself so seriously. I mean, you take your work seriously, but you don't take yourself seriously. That's true. Is yeah. willing to be a fool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can, can, can you learn this? Can you go to um, a school and learn this? Uh, you know, it's very odd. I, I, my experience, I had sort of the classical training thing. I went to college for four years um, and didn't decide to become an actress until my senior year of college. Went to a drama school for three years at Yale. And getting back to what Valerie was saying, I mean, I did not play a comic role until I was in my second year at Yale. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I had never played a comic role. I had always played these tragic heroines. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's it. I'm Juliet, I'm Desdemona, <laughs> it's endless. You know, it's all Shakespeare all the time. And, um, but not funny. And I remember getting my first laugh. Oh, and no. it was truly, I was doing this, this wonderful playwright, Keith Redeen, mm -hmm. who went to Yale, wrote this Viking revenge tragedy called Fjords of Blood. <laughs> And actually, now that's comedy. it that's was comedy. Words of blood. And I was the daughter, and my mother was played by my best friend Jane Kazmarek, mm -hmm. who's on Malcolm in the Middle, <laughs> and she was my mom, the queen, and I was the little dippy princess. And I remember getting my first laugh. And you know, I, we all say about Yale that we learned that we had a cabaret space at Yale, which was late night shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And everybody who went there mm -hmm. said that that's where they learned everything mm -hmm. oh, that helped them in terms of the real world. Because you go to class and you do your scenes and it's all very delightful. But then it, about dealing with the audience and in terms of craft, I have to say that I definitely improved mm -hmm. over the time I was in school. But, um, you know, I, I know from working with young um, actors at the Williamstown Theatre Festival, you see it. It's there. There are certain kids from between you know the ages of 16 and 25 you know who are in the apprentice program and who are non-equity actors who you just see that they have it whatever it is and then there are others who might not have it quite yet and they'll develop into it mm -hmm. but but it is it is interesting and I do think that you can get better I do think that with really great acting teachers and working and mm -hmm. performing you can you can improve but there are some kids who are just They've got it from the word It seems like there's so many acting coaches <coughs> now. There used to be schools. <laughs> now there's, have you yeah. run into this? You're <laughs> laughing. Yes, why? Is this something yeah, every actor needs to have as an acting coach you mean these days? One on, like, yes, private? it seems to be private oh. or small yeah. groups. It's become a kind of, hasn't it become <coughs> a kind of Yeah, I think Montgomery Cliff started it, and okay. it, it really went on from there. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But he the truth. I don't know. Yeah, I think in Los Angeles, when I lived in Los Angeles, it was very popular because really there's nothing to do there. So. That's true. Not to offend anybody. This may be shown in LA. Really, what else do you do? You just go, you have to go to acting class to feel that you're connected and feel a part of a community because it's not like in New York you can feel a sense of community, a sense of theatrical community even when you're not working. Out there, forget about it. No way. Uh-uh. Even when you are working. But, yeah, you just got to go to class out there. But I What about the script? Yes. For young people coming into the theater and do not know all the things that we say, and they're given a script, it has to be funny or it's not funny. <laughs> How do they react to that? How do they learn? When you get a script, you get Invention of Love. That was become <laughs> 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 or these Tom Stoppard's a whole other... Yeah. Yes. Well, you specialize in this, don't you? You... Specialist. <laughs> <laughs> specialist in script reading. <laughs> well, when you get this, how, do, how do you... How do you... Um, <laughs> How do you analyze a script? I don't know. I think you, <laughs> I, you find the character. You have to find what, I mean, it's this, it's, you know, Uta Hagen wrote about it. It's every actor will tell you, you, who are you? What do you want from, you know, I remember reading when I was a kid, Uta Hagen saying, you know, every, you have to have a very specific reason behind every line. I remember thinking, God, that was crazy. Because I, you know, I'll, I sort of generally know what I want in this scene, but I don't know what, why I say every line. And now I realize, as I get older, it's true. Yes. Uh -huh. The only way a performance will be brilliant is if you, if you ha know exactly, specifically, why you're saying every line and why you do everything you do on stage. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. um, that's what's, and that's what the script, you find that in the script.
Do you remember the first time you looked at a script? The first time you worked? Me, yes. I looked at a script sort of as, as an actor? Yeah. Uh, well, that would be Peter Pan in fourth grade. Let's go beyond that. And, you know, his, his motivations are pretty clear in that. Uh, <laughs> avoid Captain Hook, fly, and have fun, I think, are the sort of main objectives. Um, Which is a good way to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Richard III's annoyed. He wants to be king. Okay. That's, good. That's good. I don't really recall. I remember when I was started as a kid. When I was, I didn't know how to act when, when I was acting in New York. I started at, at about fourteen, and I, oh I didn't God. know how to act yet. So no sessions were a nightmare for me. But <laughs> so I don't remember. Uh, that's something. What I did just, you do then? I did a play called Sally's Gone. She left her name with Cynthia Nixon, at the Perry Street Theater. Sometimes when people are acting, they're either emoting or they're doing something. When <laughs> you're in Hedda Gabler, you're, you're emoting and throwing emoting. the furniture around. I'm throwing things around. I mean, whose idea was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, the, the odd thing about Hedda Gabler, we, we, we've just started um, performing, uh, f we're in our fifth week now, and um, on Broadway, and uh, we had done it in three other theaters mm. beforehand. In a very, very small theater, uh, the Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor was our very first theater, and that's a 200-seat house with a thrust stage, not proscenium. And um, I cannot remember. There's a lot of things that I do in the show that are really very strange, actually. And, I th and I'm trying to remember <laughs> how we came up with these things. <laughs> I think, when did we do that? Did we have a conversation about it? Did it just happen? Mm. And I think, actually, it goes back to the whole collaborative aspect. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. such a collaboration between myself and Nikki Martin that we, I, things happened where we didn't even really talk about it. It just sort of flowed. And um, there are very strange things that happen like that in plays. And you know, you're talking about knowing exactly what you're saying at every line. And that's basically true, but I also have to say that when you're playing a part the size of Hedda Gabler, um, a, a part of me is just staying as free and unfettered when I kind of arrive on stage. It's really just about showing up. I mean, I show up, and I have my very first line in the play has an attitude towards it that I was very afraid of for a long time. I say, good morning, Miss Tesman, visiting us so early. That's so very kind of you. Well, that's a very straightforward line. Mm -hmm. But my dear friend Richard Easton, I, I had been totally avoiding taking kind of an attitude about it, and he said, oh, no, you have to go for the attitude in that line, because <laughs> that sets it up. And it's absolutely true. I mean, I truly credit him with helping me with my first line. <laughs> she doesn't I really want to see Miss She doesn't want to see Miss Tesman. So it has and to so I say it now with, like, I'm saying it. I'm saying I'm sending five signals as I yeah. come in. And it sets it up right every night. Mm -hmm. And it's literally then I just have to follow the path. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm amazed at what a collaboration, obviously with Nikki, but also with the audience every night. It's we become partners. And because it, I'm in the whole play virtually, it's like, okay, are you going to go on this journey with me? And it's, they pretty much do. Last night was a little tough. Oh, go. Most <laughs> nights are good. Valerie, you have an audience now, but you've played without audiences, as you know, in television studios. Do you feel well, a collaboration? Not too, not too much. Mm -hmm. Rhoda and Mary and uh, oh. Valerie oh. Oh. and uh, um, uh, the five series I've done have always had an audience. That's what's great about the three-camera uh, system. What, I what worked with with uh, Christina. We did a show together. We did. did you? What did yeah. you do? It was it later became the Hogan family, but it was oh. Valerie at the time. Oh. I was yeah. the first neighbor. You sure oh. were. <laughs> a wonderful one, and the one I wanted to keep, and that's no. why I left. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but what I'm saying is yes. that um, <laughs> the. 
what, uh, on, um, what you had just said about uh, how do you find the humor, what, right. how do you approach a script. Well, again, in, in acting class, as Kate said, she was trained, and John mentioned, and I know it's true for, uh, for Christine, you learn how to approach the, the, the written material. How? And you, well, you, you, you well. For I, Mary Tarsai told me back in the fifties, read it right straight through with, and just just read it, mm -hmm. just read mm -hmm. it to just feel it. Don't start saying, oh, I'm going to do this or that, because you're, then your mind is engaged. Uh, then you read it again, and you try to, she say, pick, pick up uh, clues, uh, what other people, what the other characters say about you. What you know, and clues that you see, and 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 impulses. That's you listen to impulses that you get. So that's that's the way I would approach reading a script. I always read it, anything as a fan first. Just oh look, a script, and then if it's terrible, you you know. But I almost <laughs> try to always finish it, and that's tough. <laughs> Sometimes, so many but bad if script. it's wonderful or good or possible, and then you kind of uh, can apply. Um, it's it's not that you have to you want to make it funny you know muscle it into position but just allow for the unexpected <coughs> what you know what and, and the same thing is true on uh, auditioning right now you guys are learning and that's who we're talking to but I was in a cold reading class and that was it that you just pick something to play pick something don't just be there reading the line, and that's mm -hmm. on what John was talking about. Have an idea of what you could do. Give it a turn, as they say, put some English on the ball. But that's for a cold <laughs> reading. That's getting the job. That's very different than doing the work. It's called dazzling people when you're one of 300. So that's another story. Right yes. now we're talking about building a character and what Kate was talking about, that she could say that opening line many, many ways. And there isn't one right way, but there's one that gives her a hell of an advantage mm -hmm. on Hedda and for the audience. So pick the most, the most uh, nurturing to what it is you want to do. Um, I don't know if that's what you were talking Hardly. about. Yeah. Hardly so. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody has to find their own way to work, too. Mm -hmm. There's that. Robert, the oh, great sorry. thing about acting is it's working alone together. Mm. And I think that together is the capital letters it, because your my performance is always over there it's mm -hmm. my listening and what's going on with her and if she does the line slightly differently go with that happens every night at allergist wife we really do but you stay within <coughs> the structure of the script of course but you have a lot of freedom to be creative that's wonderful about the theater it's not a frozen form as is film or tv Forgive me. They're, they're all kind of, you know, children of the theater. In fact, religion is. Theater was before religion. Somebody was dressed up like the sun god, right? And somebody was the rain to try to figure out these elements. That was way back in the cave days. So theater is profound, and uh, th we're part of it. And it's, a, it's, it's, I mean, we are all, if we're interested in it. So it's a, a great endeavor. Anyway, I didn't mean to make a lecture. But Sorry, <laughs> Robert, uh, Valerie just mentioned that some, a teacher who had influenced her. Is there somebody who influenced you in your life, uh, or a mentor or a coach or somebody that taught you? Um, no, I, I can't say there was. I, I, there have been a long line of... I, I started so young. I was very lucky that I started um, so young that by the time I was... By the time people like Kate came to the... You know, city from colleges. I'd already been working. There's always that you see the sort of influx of the people who studied in college. And by the time I was 22, people like 
Cynthia Nixon and Jane Krakowski and you know people I've kind of, I kind of grew up with in New York had already been around and uh, and and you know when you're 14 and an actor in theater you're there are a lot of 14 year olds doing commercials and and television and things and soaps and stuff but there are very few doing theater because why 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 would they? I mean, <laughs> well, why did you? Don't you? make any money in How did you hours. How did you get there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> stage I, mother, stage no, father. No, no, I no. I was I, I was involved in a summer stock company in my hometown, <laughs> a non-equity summer stock company, and, and someone saw me. I don't think I ever really. I was always a little embarrassed to be on stage because I started with the crew. I, I helped out with the crew. I was backstage, and they started putting me on stage, and I, I think I was embarrassed to be on stage and I think what I did was I ended up I, I was playing the Artful Dodger and Oliver <laughs> very quickly <laughs> I came on and I would be very I just said my lines as fast as I could <laughs> I was sort of embarrassed at looking at the stage you know I never looked up and I think I think people kind of mistook it for some kind of you know natural you know, they thought I was talented and natural and, <laughs> you know, because everyone, I mean, this was like a summer soccer, people were like, so <laughs> performy, you know, and I was kind of just right. embarrassed. <laughs> so you're sort of on-the-job training is how you right. got what was Yeah, I had a point to this, uh, <laughs> remarkably. The, I learned by doing plays, people mm -hmm. like Austin Pendleton, people like Nic mm -hmm. Nicholas Martin, mm -hmm. Dick Latessa, um, Swoosie wow. Kurtz, George Grizzard, uh, Stockford Channing, Cynthia Nixon, P I, I had, I've been very lucky working with extremely good actors and it's like playing tennis when you're with someone mm -hmm. who plays a little bit better than you or much better than you and, and which is the usually the case with me <laughs> um, you can't help but get better because you have to because yeah. if you there's no game if you don't so. yeah. did somebody influence you Christine I think my parents did mm -hmm. my parents influenced me in sort of a, a way that was not uh, not so direct but uh, later in, in retrospect I think um, uh, when I showed interest in the theater when I was 18, I think that's when I went to college, and uh, I, I was going to originally be, um, first I was going to be a, a psychologist, but then I flunked psychology, so that, <laughs> that wasn't going to work. And then there was something else, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, I thought, I'll go into the theater, because I, actually I was trying to, to choose a major, and I said, I didn't know, what, I told my mother I didn't know what to choose. She goes, oh, go, get into music, get into theater. I was oh. say, with your voice, they, they what were saying, didn't you? All your life? Uh, yes, yes. I actually have a tape of my, my father um, sent to me from um, when I was three years old uh, singing Jingle Bells. Oh, that's so um, sweet. And <laughs> it was really one of those Edward R. Murrow things, you know. Uh, what you're hearing is Ma <laughs> on the piano. <laughs> 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 and Pop was about to join them, you know. Oh, oh, that's right. And my mother's like, get the piano. Let Christy sing them, of course. <laughs> Just Christy. Ready, Christy? Sing! You know, so <laughs> I sang I sang Jingle Bells, and it was completely on pitch at three years old. That's so, you know, this is not <laughs> me. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're all born with these gifts that were given at birth. We didn't make them up, you know? And so I guess our job is to just sort of bring them forward. But that's actually what happened. My parents were very uh, encouraging of me. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, oh, honey, get a secretary job and, you know, do something you can that's great. fall back on. You yeah. know? Unfortunately, now I have no other skills. I don't know what I'm going to do with my <laughs> Well, that's a good time to take a break. On that note, we'll take a short break <laughs> while we think of what else we can do and say. And then we will continue with the performance section of the American Theatre Wing's Seminars in the Theatre. <laughs>
This is CUNY TV, the City University of New York. Welcome back to the American Theatre Wing Seminar on Working in the Theatre. Before we turn into our discussion, I would like to emphasize that even though our annual Tony Awards for Excellence in the Theatre are the most visible of our activities, they are only a small part of the work we do for the community. As a long-established charity, we serve both theatre and the community with our year-round programs. The Wing works to develop new audiences for the theatre and for a broadening of young minds. We bring the magic of theater to those who otherwise not go and not know its power. Programs for students include Introduction to Broadway, which in its 10-year history has enabled almost 100,000 young students to visit a Broadway show, many for the first time. The Wing also introduces young people to theater by bringing professionals into schools for workshops as a part of our theater and school program. Additionally, with our hospital program, dating back to World War II, when the Ring created the legendary stage door canteens, we continue to entertain patients in hospitals, nursing homes, aid centers, and child care facilities in the New York area. With volunteer talent from Broadway, Off-Broadway, and the cabaret world, we bring live entertainment, hope, and joy to those who are not able to get out and attend theater. Our grants and scholarship program provides essential funding where it is so needed today to help launch new productions in the not-for-profit world. We take pride in the work we do and retain so grateful to our members and everyone whose contributions make the American Theatre Wing possible. Our work strengthens the community between the theatre and the community, and we are proud to be a part of that great effort. And now I'd like to return to our moderator, Pia Lindstrom. Thank you, Isabel. <laughs> Joining us now is Peter Gallagher. Just flew in. From 47th Street. <laughs> From 47th Street. <laughs> He's rehearsing in a play that is one of the funniest things I ever saw when it first came out, Noises Off. How's it going? Well, so far. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so good. We had our second preview last night. It was a packed house, and and they laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we were That's talking we before you got here on humor. How you find humor? Well, we haven't found any in noises. <laughs> <off>. <laughs> You're in trouble. We are looking at it's noises off the dark side. Um, so the, the 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 thing about uh, the one thing I hear a lot about noises off. People say it's written by Michael Frayn, who's one of the great living playwrights of the English language. And uh, he's not, he doesn't usually write comedies. He's written uh, Benefactors, uh, Copenhagen, or Hagen, depending <laughs> on your east side or west side. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and noise is off. And people say, how could the guy that wrote Copenhagen, Hagen, <laughs> uh, or Benefactors, write noises off? And the fact is, he's the only one that could have written Noises Off. Because for my money, what makes something funny is when it's very well observed and it's true. And it gives the audience an opportunity to recognize themselves and take delight in other people's catastrophes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's when everybody else is having a miserable time and you're not, it's really... But the thing about <laughs> Frayn is that the thing that sets it apart is that he loves the theater. Mm. 
and his love for the theater is what beats and through this play. Um, and his powers as a playwright of observation come into really good play here because it's so well observed. Everything that we say in the play, as characters in the play, are things that we've said as actors. <laughs> it's a play within a play. It's a pl it's a it's a play a show about a company of act. I play the director. A company of actors putting together an English sex farce called Nothing On. The first <laughs> act is is the dress rehearsal. Next one is uh, next act is back looking at the show backstage after the, it's been running. And the last act is front of the stage at the end of the tour when no one can stand each other <laughs> and you're it's all falling apart. <laughs> And, uh, and for me, what makes it work is if we had to do nothing on eight times a week, you'd go crazy. Mm -hmm. But since we do noises off eight times a week and it's steeped in reality, and you can feel the author's love for the theater and not the, his condescension, it give, provides enormous opportunities for surprising moments that the f audience f so far find delightful. So it's, it's, a, it's a marvelous, you know, little opportunity for community. But it's very hard to play farce and that shutting the doors and the uh, uh, appearing quickly and going back. It takes a lot of special skill and timing, doesn't it? It's not something any actor could do. Well, we're not very good at it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are the skills that a good actor would need to do that? Well, if this was a really excellent production, <laughs> what, I what, would they <laughs> what would they What would that actor need? I'm, I'm really kidding, first of all. Um, I'm I can't believe I just said that. Uh, it's really great. I saw it. Kate saw it. I did. Oh, I heard it's wonderful. Um, uh, thanks, Kate. No, so, I what do you, what as an actor, what is an actor? What is an actor? Let's try to keep this on track, guys. Okay, sorry. <laughs> You're like, I'm back in school. <laughs> as an actor, <laughs> what, what qualities do you need? For what? To play farce. Oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Well, you know, I don't draw much of a line between comedy mm -hmm. or drama at all. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. You've got to understand exactly what it is you're expressing at any given moment. You've got to listen, and, and you've got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to try not to... I mean, we've shed blood generally every night in this show, because it is true. Those slamming doors are actually steel doors. Oh. They're welded oh. steel. Oh. It's because there's no way a wooden door could withstand that much slamming. So y it's the opportunities mm. for grievous injury are ever-present because we have a very ex uh, intense 20-minute <coughs> mime. Uh, mime. It has such bad connotations. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it now. We do, it, we, <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of a wall thing. And I tell you, boy, does the audience go nuts. <laughs> no, no, no wow. it's, it's not. It's backstage. You know how this happened? Michael Frayn went to see one of his plays, his serious plays that he wrote, and he happened to be backstage. And he was watching what was going on backstage, and it was so funny to him and so hysterical and so odd <laughs> that he thought, well, this is what I have, this is the play I have to write. <laughs> I have to show the world what goes on backstage, because no one would believe it. And as, ex as heightened as what we do is in the show, it absolutely has its roots in what occurs. The madness, when you can't talk, to, you'll be heard, and everyone still makes their entrances on time. The whole point is you do whatever you can to get the show on. Mm -hmm. It's all about getting the show on because we all care. And uh, the more you care and the more you want it, the more awful things can happen. <laughs>
How important is the director, Christine, to you? Because an actor can't actually <laughs> see. <laughs> well, it must be important. Boy, have no, you asked I the wrong person. <laughs> you don't follow the director. That's not true. No, that's not true. Robert Sean. You caught me off guard. Am <laughs> <laughs> I turning red? <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I think you can count them on one hand. Okay, uh, sorry, okay. but it's kind of true. Am I right? You're absolutely right. Am oh, I right? You count right. them on one hand. So you, you still have about two fingers left. <laughs> you got two or three left over. Okay. Oh. So every once in a while, um, uh, you know, you'll find somebody who can, uh, you know, y you just sort of have to approach it with the skills that they have. It might not be what you need mm. or what you want, <laughs> but you have to approach it with the skills that they have and try to sort of just go with what is. Um, now, in terms of 42nd Street, I mean, I have to credit Mark Bramble did an amazing job assembling 54, uh, you know, people and making and putting together an amazing production. So this, is a, this is a guy who was a writer who wrote the show, and um, then he was put in the position of directing it, and I think did an amazing job. Now, um, this is not uh, uh, something that is, re uh, you know, if you, you also, too, at each production that you're doing, you have to approach it for what you're doing. It's not like I'm doing, uh, you know, Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother story, <laughs> because I had an interesting experience of that when I was working at the Globe and doing Shakespeare for the first time with Paxton Whitehead. I was playing Beatrice uh -huh. to his um, Benedict for <laughs> Much Ado About Nothing. And um, the director who shall remain unnamed, however, he was uh, quite a remarkable actor, but he, was, uh, he decided to direct this production. And the night before, now I had never done Shakespeare in my life, okay? <laughs> and, um, and first of all, he lit it like it was you know, the Scottish play. I mean, it was all, like, candlelit, you know, when it was supposed to be comedy. But anyway, um, I don't think he figured that part out. But the, the night before, opening night, and they're doing some kind of tech rehearsal, and we're doing, we're playing outdoors, and it's starting to rain, and we're standing out there just with umbrellas over our heads, trying to say our lines, and we look out, and th he's not there. The director's <laughs> not there. The next day, he comes to work, and, and you know, we're going to open that night. He goes, Oh, could you believe those lights? What were they doing? Those lights, I just went home, you know. <laughs> 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 and I kept saying, listen, would you, can you please come back? Can you please come back? I need notes. I've never done Shakespeare before. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please come back? Oh, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> you see, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, to my point of, like, capitalizing on, 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 on his... Uh, on his abilities, um, well, I think they were more w with acting. You know, they weren't so much with directing. But um, I don't think I answered your question. Did I well, answer you, you, <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> and for those who don't know the Scottish play, I can say this, is Macbeth. Actors can't say the word Macbeth because well, it means bad luck. Well, you didn't hear me. I'm not an actor. Oh, Stand up, turn around three times and <laughs> spit over your shoulder. <laughs> See, they can't say the word. <laughs> well, let's go on with directors. Valerie, I mean, you can't I, see I a, yourself. I Don't you need a director? Experience just recently with Lynn Meadow, mm -hmm. who has, of course, started the, um, the whole Manhattan Theater Club, mm -hmm. and she directed uh, *Tale of the Allergist Wife*, and she was wonderful with me, putting me in because I never rehearsed with the actors that I then played with oh. on stage. So M Linda Lavin was in the show on a Sunday. We had Monday off, and I did a clandestine fitting. Uh, I hope the union doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kate. Don't tell <laughs> me. She's on equity hear. council. And then Tuesday, I had a, a little short, you know, 
cue to cue, they call it. You don't do the whole show. You just do it from the changes. And um, it's funny about uh, noises off. My worst part, and I was on Tuesday night in the Broadway house. Mm -hmm. Some people playing eighty dollars, paying eighty dollars a ticket. So it puts a responsibility on you. I felt prepared in terms of knowing my lines, but it just was incredible. It was like I've been doing previews uh, while we were in a run. But um, the worst part was the changes, but the physical clothing changes. Because I would do the scene, and I'd be perspiring. I'm stuck to lipstick, the jewelry, dying, because they're very fast. And then I'd go on, and I'd suddenly be on stage, oh, I have to do a scene now, pouring sweat. So the worst thing that for me, getting into the show, was backstage. Those changes were so brutal. Now they're a cinch. Come see the backstage on stage. That's what's so wonderful about your play. What about costumes? Oh, anyway, so I've had good luck with directors, but they're few and far between. So and a lot of right, times, right? I mean, it's a, a lot of times, and what I don't you mean have to, to do disrespectful is directors <laughs> direct. Uh, it's almost like you need to protect yourself. <laughs> That's it for me. You need well, to what they say. <laughs> you have kind of translated into something yeah. that works for you, yeah. And then or say, oh yes, I understand exactly. <laughs> and directors will tell you that they give a note and say, I'd like you to do this. Yes, yes, that's wonderful. I got uh -huh. it. And then it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> So I mean, directors aren't the bad guy. It's no, just that you have to protect no, yourself yeah, mm -hmm. from from bad ones that get mm -hmm. in positions where they're not cutting I, it. Kate, Kate I just wanted to say though, the directors are interested. I mean, the, I agree with you. There are very few directors that work. And and one of the biggest things for me, and it's something that I've only really discovered in the last five years, is that I sometimes have to change the way I work with different people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, you will also encounter directors who are wonderful directors who do a terrible job on a show. Yeah, and you think, oh, I want to work with this director that I've always worked with so many times. He's so great. He's so great. Oh, my God, this show is so, so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's really funny. Like, I had an experience um, uh, doing a play, uh, Arcadia, uh, out at the taper. And there was, uh, the director of the show was someone who I'd never worked with before. And, and actually, it was very odd because I, I, at first I thought, oh, my God, you know, this is really not going very well. And, but I loved this play so much. I had such a passion about this play and such a passion about this character. I found a way to make it work for me. And it ended up being one of the, m the happiest experiences I've ever had, even with some actors who <laughs> shall remain nameless, <laughs> who, you know, we had a tough time. And I'm, like, really easy to work with. But it was, um, it was, it was tough. And uh, yet, you know, you have these pa the passion of doing... The, the the play and you know every play that works every musical that works it's a miracle it's a miracle it's yeah. a miracle it's <laughs> you just have to know that there's out of your 90 plays that you do there's going to be like six plays that are really going to totally work acting directing costumes lighting you know the actual play itself and so you just keep trying that's really what that's it's it. about you stay you in just the game keep yeah trying and um that's really been my experience what's been your experience with directors uh, absolutely the same they're i, I they're there are very few good ones, and when they're good, they know how to balance. Uh, they have to do a, they have to do eighty nine different, very different things uh, well. So mm -hmm. the very few people who can do that. So mm -hmm. designing, working with designers, and knowing how each, sensing how each actor works and how e how each actor can be helped, which is <coughs> different for all of us. It's it's rare. Um, so yeah, what you have to. I know how to direct myself, and I know how to. <laughs> When I'm with someone I trust, let them do it. And but you can't see yourself. 
I know. So don't you I'm, need the eyes of somebody else? Yes, to for look the for the whole production. Yes, mm -hmm. for my performance, uh, mm -hmm. I, there are times, as Christine said, you you, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You've got to. Uh, You've got to do it. Okay. You know, and for and like you said, Richard Easton. I mean, I've had some of my favorite directions I've been given have been by friends who've come to see shows. Yeah. Oh. Which directors would be horrified to know? But um, <laughs> but yeah, and okay. every now and then you you work with someone who you completely trust and rightfully mm -hmm. so and. Um, <coughs> and it's great. Mm -hmm. I'd like to raise that other question, that other word, audition. Oh, yes. Ah, audition. I you got a question from you. How do you all feel about auditions? And did you do Peter. you still? <laughs> Let's start with Peter. Do you still have to audition <laughs> for the job? Did you audition? No. How did you get it? <laughs> it was no, an Peter, accident. If you look no, a little less shocked. <laughs> 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 you told me you weren't funny. <laughs> You know, that's like the person <laughs> comes up after the show. You've been in the business 25 years, and somebody comes up after the show, you were good. <laughs> I thought everybody had to audition. No? No. Christine, no. did you have to did audition? I did. I had to audition for 42nd Street. Like three, I had two auditions, and then I had to go to uh, the director's house. I had to go to Mark's house. Yeah. But I, 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 I <laughs> I know people laugh at this, but it's absolutely true. I think that the, the outfit you wear is very important to whether you're going to get the job. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally you're quick, right? Right? Especially right? if you're a girl. If you're a girl, yes, it's, it's, the outfit. it's all the outfits you wear. Don't leave anything up to their imagination. And I had the most fabulous outfit for 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to get this job because of my outfit. <laughs> Okay, so I said, <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, it's like I walked in the door and there was like no one else. <laughs> there was nobody else. And they, when I left the room, the, well, the first thing they said to me was I was about to leave. They said, they, they were asking me about my coat. You see what I mean? So it was like, it was my outfit. You know, they were asking me about anything else. I borrowed the coat. That's what they wanted to know. So would you say that the most important thing for auditions is what you wear? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other stuff has to be, I mean, obviously, you know, you prepare a thing, but you got to, yes, you, you seriously, you cannot leave anything up to their imagination. You have, if whatever the character, however you perceive this character as, as who this character is, how they would dress. Um, if you're, if you're going to be a construction worker in a play, you don't come dressed in a three-piece suit. Yes. They're not going to leave, they're not going to imagine you in a, in a, you know, in a hard hat. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta lay it out, go to wherever you gotta go, and, um, and you can have fun doing it, but it's—I um, I really think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, you've already. What do you, you know? The <laughs> young lady asked me a question about. I'm thinking that's why I didn't get a lot of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, had, I had the completely the wrong attitude for like the first ten years. <laughs> Listen, if they don't get it, you know, it's tough. <laughs> How'd you do? I didn't get it. <laughs> You know, if you've ever directed or you sat out in the oh, casting, you know, it's like you just, you're swamped. You know, you're just looking, you just have to, you, it's easier to say no than say yes. And when somebody comes in, you're delighted. Yeah. You want... You thing, want somebody to come in the door. I mean, sitting on the other side of the table a few times, which I had, it is truly extraordinary. That is literally, as the person walks in the door, they're either 75% there or not. And you know within, before they even sit down. 
it's like, okay, this is definitely a possibility. Let's hope this person can act. <laughs> <laughs> and if they can, maybe there's something we can do. We can figure it out. But they want you to be great. I mean, and that's the hardest thing to remember sometimes. They want you to be as great as you possibly can be. And there are times where, and as hard as it is an, as an actor, and there's so much rejection. There's, you yes. have to know this. I mean, we all sit here and we're working and it's wonderful. But, oh, my God. I mean, it's mostly rejection. Yes. The, you know, it so happens that I'm playing this part. And I did not audition for this part because um, the director, and who I'm virtually related to now, <laughs> um, the two producers of the original <laughs> production were my mother and my husband. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? It was, I was a shoo-in. <laughs> what about other jobs? Oh, yes. I mean, I did the... I, I replaced, which was a fantastic experience, but I had a similar experience with backstage hysterical uh, <laughs> changing of clothes. I replaced in the Beauty Queen of Lean Ann on Broadway oh my God. a couple of years ago, and it was an extraordinary experience. And I also worked with the director the whole time <laughs> and not with anybody in the cast oh. until... Um, and um, it, it, it's an extraordinary experience. But I auditioned for that twice. And um, at first, I, I, I hadn't replaced... In a I had replaced once before uh, in a very short-lived uh, play, but this I knew would go on for a while, and I just loved the play so much that I said, I, I will audition, absolutely, I will audition for this, and I wanted very much to work with this director, who mm -hmm. I very Me much too. admired. And uh, I was happy to, to, to do that. What about that quiet young man? Yes, what did you have to audition for music now? I, come on, I yacked all through the first part of this thing. I, I was unstoppable. <laughs> I did have to audition for the Music Man because th they were uh, I mean, uh, there were skills involved that I obviously had never displayed and <laughs> to this day continue not to display. Um, I had to sing uh, "Trouble" that song. You got "Trouble in River City" in, uh, in its entirety, which was fun. I had to dance and sing and all that. But that, but yes, but it's often. I mean, you also get. I mean, Kate's talking about a director who I've worked with three times, and um, and her husband who I've worked for. Mm -hmm three times or twice or something. I mean, it's, you do get, uh, the times I find that I don't have to audition use it's because you know the person right. casting the play or, or yeah. directing the play and they ask you to do it. Um, but you all, there, there is always going to be a time when you still, you have to audition again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, Had it, you been absolutely. taking singing and dancing? No, no. You just mm. learned it on the stage. No, suddenly I'm, got out there. No, Harold Hill <laughs> is very. I'm very lucky in that it's one of the sort of actor friendly. Oh. Obviously, That's you know, mm. like Robert we said Justin before, um, you know, Look, My Fair Lady in 1776, and there are certain musicals that were written more mm. for actors than for singers. Mm. And luckily, I have Rebecca Luker who does all the singing <laughs> in the show, and then I just bark at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what advice can you give about, about auditioning? Yeah. I have two things. I, I, I auditioned for a movie last year when I was in Los Angeles. Uh, for a sort of a Jerry Maguire kind of sports agent, and I uh, in a film that uh, I still haven't seen, but it's but I um, I walked in the audition room and there were all these about six guys there, all like in t-shirts and jeans and sort of necklaces, and I and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I thought, how odd, and I had a suit on, and and they all had scripts, and I didn't even have, I mean, I was I was ready, I knew the scene word for word, oh. I didn't even bring the script with me, I just walked in the room and said, let's go, let's do the scene. And uh, I got the part, and I have to say I wasn't surprised because I looked around and thought, "Why isn't anyone wearing a suit?" <laughs> I mean, we're we're all auditioning to, to play an agent, and that's their choice. But I, I would say, this may be going. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll go out on a limb on this. I think for me, if I haven't memorized the scene, I haven't really. It's not really prepared yet. That's true. For me, I'm sure there are actors who may not feel that way and feel that they still need the page to. 
And there, there was also the argument that you don't want to, you want them to still think, oh, well, this isn't quite the performance yet, and that's what the paper will give them. But I think if I go in and it's not memorized, I haven't really, really prepared it the way I, it's, it's not really done for me. And it's not a, the best I can do it. Gee, that's very interesting, Robert. Yes, a lot of people disagree. When in the old days, <laughs> um, that was like a, so a no-no, mm -hmm. except it's exactly what I did for Rhoda. Really? Uh, yes, indeed. I, uh, and I had props. I had a coat. I was washing the windows. <laughs> and I brought a rag. And I was working in story theater, which isn't mime. Theater. Uh, it's, it's imaginary objects. Were they there? It's, it's not mime. A, no, it isn't. No, no. No, it's not it's all mime. mime to me. It's not mime, and it's not sense memory. Viola's Bowen Paul Sills is a whole other thing. But I thought, I don't want to ask that of them. So I took a rag and a car coat, and I used that, you know, washing the window and Mary, get out of my apartment, et cetera. And I hadn't done that before because it was kind of bad form right. in the old days, uh, Robert Sean, <laughs> because um, you, you you didn't want the, the playwright and the director didn't want to see that you had d me memorized it. But but oh. uh, Kate was telling me that wonderful thing about auditioning, wasn't it? That you you learn it and then Neil Simon <coughs> said to you, yeah, you got the job. Now forget it. We'll start over. Yeah, because the, what you need to do for the audition is a different thing that you need to do working on and the play. That's what that's Robert's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and today, yeah. I think it is a good idea. Also, what you have to be um, aware of is that um, we're talking about who has it. Some, you see a kid with talent or that. I think sometimes it is desire and willingness to get the door slammed and keep going. You know what I mean? I mean, past a certain point, that's not it. But I have had incredible audition. I once was asked to read with myself. I swear to God. And I did it. I was young. I said, well, how dare you say that to me? Oh, you, you're the one. You are the older sister. Yes, but you've always been jealous of me. I don't believe I did it. I won't believe I'm sharing it. But, but the guy said, no, no, there's, the stage manager isn't here. Just read it with yourself. And I said, you mean, you mean you won't give me the lines? So I actually did it. And I, I don't think there was a job to get. <laughs> because this man was certified. But you will run into all kinds of audition situations. And um, another key in auditioning is to say to yourself, oh my God, there's 10 actors in this room. No, there's a, it's between, it's not between you and 300 or you and 1,000. It's you, it's between two. You and the one who gets it. So it cuts down your odds <laughs> tremendously. It's a mind game, but it helps. You don't sit there seeing all these beautiful blondes and, you know, thinner and better and all. And I just say to myself, okay, it could be me or the person who gets it. So I really have competition with only one person, not... Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah, it's a little trick. But you really prepare yourself and go in there and uh, they want you to be good. That's what casting is. Don't be in such fear. Oh, they hate me. They don't. They want you to be the one. And so uh, you just keep at it until you are the one. Is there enough rehearsal time now? I've uh, heard that rehearsal time has been cut for Broadway. <laughs> Everything's been cut. Everything's been cut. <laughs> that there's less time. Have any of you experienced that or you have had enough rehearsal time? I think that's You've stock. Okay. Stock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Broadway. It's down to that, haven't you, that you just sort of fill whatever time you have? Yeah. Yes. Oh. I mean, when they're doing technical. Even oh, if it's gosh. two weeks rehearsal, usually we're pretty ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, usually you, I think it just organically happens that mm. you make each, by the time you're in tech, you're 
you, I, I, it's, it's, I, haven't, I don't think I've been in a production that you weren't sort of hungry for an audience by the time the audience came. Mm -hmm. And I've had six weeks rehearsal and I've had two. Mm -hmm. so. so it doesn't get better with more rehearsal, you're saying? There comes a point when you need an audience, you need the yeah, audience. That's right. to take the next <coughs> leap. Peter, do you need the audience for something like Noises Off? To hear them? I'd hate to imagine what it would be like without them. <laughs> it would be awful. That's great. Um, <coughs> you do. I mean, the thing which you, that you don't need, the audience is great. And it's in some ways the f best performance is your first preview, especially in a comedy, because what you're playing is the, is the script. What you're playing are the circumstances. What you're doing is it's you're working on the reality that exists in that scene or between the characters. And, and with the, in the absence of laughs, in the absence of response, your attention is completely there in, in you know, establishing that. And then... When the audience comes for the first time, it can be absolutely, you know, it be, <laughs> you know, it's absolutely shocking. Huh. And then what you have to be on, in guard against, you know, technically, which nobody up here has to worry about, <laughs> is not to then start playing for laughs. In other words, we have yeah. a moment in this thing where somebody drops their contact lenses. <coughs> and the director aptly said, you'll remember, you're looking for lenses, not looking for laughs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's... You know, and that's the the bottom line. But yes, with the audience, it's 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 why you're there. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, it's this marvelous ancient ritual that we are all fortunate enough to participate in, and uh, it wouldn't be the same without. One. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Valerie, do you find that the audience controls somewhat the the comic expression, or you ignore when the laughs you are coming? Just, when the laughs aren't coming. Oh. and you're used to them being there, the key is to go very deeper into your work. You just don't start playing out, oh, God, flop sweat. This should get a laugh. No, you keep playing the reality. I get Tony Roberts and Michelle Lee and I get, and Cheryl and Anil, we're a cast of five. We just get more into the living room. <laughs> you just get it, yes, and listen, and, and just keep doing your work. And sometimes you have an audience who will be silent, or small little laughs, they're out there smiling maybe and you don't know it. Mm -hmm. And at the end, they're on their feet cheering, screaming. And uh, I, I can say this because my family is of this group. I used to, I'd go off stage, <laughs> Michelle said, are they there? I said, yeah, yeah, this is, they're Canadians. That's, they're they're <laughs> polite <laughs> and quiet and they're not as loud as Americans and they kind of nod. And <laughs> tell them the funny thing about that guy with Oklahoma. The audience members Oh, said, yeah, you know, I, I, I never get, people get upset, you know, when they don't, Laugh and scream, but I, you know, I think that they're still enjoying it. And I'll, I'll never forget when I was doing Oklahoma in Oklahoma City, and uh, <laughs> some guy came backstage, and we thought, God, that was a bad audience. They never laughed at anything. This guy came, oh, it was the best time I ever had. It was all I could do to keep from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, they told me right there. Appropriate somehow. Yeah, they're being <laughs> they still polite. Enjoy it Sometimes they need permission to laugh. That's you know? true. Yeah. Too. Depending, exactly. how the, depending on how the show is structured, yep. you know, there has there usually is some kind of if it's really if the architecture of the play or the direction of it is really brilliant and it's a comedy, there will be an opportunity early on where the yes. audience is given permission to laugh. Mm -hmm. and so they, oh, it's okay. It's funny. It's supposed yeah, yeah. to be funny. <laughs> yeah. That's because that, that would happen in your you know, play. I mean, there's nothing uh, oh, funnier than Ibsen. <laughs>
Strindberg. Uh, Strindberg. Wasn't that uh, difficult at the, for the audience at first? Well, I, you know, we were we were so surprised because when we started performing it, you know, we had no idea what was going to happen. And actually, to be honest, our most um, un uh, laughing audience was our very first theater, was Sag Harbor oh. at the Bay Street Theater. And I think partially is that, uh, you know, it's a totally different, it's not a mm -hmm. proscenium house, it's, again, it's a thrust stage and 200 seats. But uh, by the time we got to Williamstown, they were howling. Ooh, and then Boston, great. they were howling. We're like, okay, well, that's great. I mean, because that's what we wanted. But we thought, oh, you know, again, will they feel that they have the permission to laugh? It's Hedda Gabler, for, right. for God's sake. <laughs> right. right. You know, and that's what they do. And, you know, I mean, I feel like there's, again, that collaboration, that partnership mm -hmm. with the audience, I feel like there's a way to let them know that it's fine to laugh. And then, of course, then we go into some mm -hmm. real dark stuff, right. sort of in inexorably throughout the show. But even in the very mm -hmm. first act, it starts to, um, it starts to, there are a few little things that happen that give them a signal of, uh-oh, you know, what's going on with this girl? <laughs> She's having a tough day. <laughs> 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 you know? But it's great because what's so great about the writing and and these characters is that we turn on a dime. We go from I go from crying to making a huge joke within mm -hmm. three seconds, mm -hmm. and I get a huge laugh. Oh God, I'll never get it again. It's gone. Sick Yeah, but you know, hopefully it'll return in a few days. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your background, Valerie. You, did you study uh, acting in college? Oh, no, no. It was here in, um, uh, in uh, New York. I went, studied with John Cassavetes, uh, with Tony Menino, mm -hmm. and Bill Hickey was a very uh, young boy uh, down I at, uh, yeah, I studied at Berghoff. And I studied with Mary Tarsai, who was wonderful. Yes. And then I had the great good fortune of getting involved with Second City with, um, uh, and working mm -hmm. on that. And that's when the comedy, I guess, started for me. But I was working on Broadway as a dancer-singer from the age of about, let's see, I was nine, 18. Oh. Yeah, 19. How did so you get to that? I auditioned for Little Abner, and I got into it. It, was, it had been the first had play you, I'd ever had seen. You trained for oh, yes. I'd been in ballet school since I'm seven. Right. And I wanted to be a ballerina. You see before you, Isabella, a failed <laughs> ballerina. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I really wanted. I saw Moira Shearer in the red shoes. And that's what I wanted to be. But, but you anyway, studied dancing. I studied dancing, and then I started taking singing lessons. And I, as I... I gave, uh, and my first job was at Radio City Music Hall in the Court of Ballet. In oh, those okay. days, it wasn't a Christmas show. Oh. It was a show that, this was the 50s, that we would do five shows a day in between the movie. Oh the stage show, oh. a movie, a stage <laughs> show. And there was 32 girls on toe shoes. I was one of them. Not Rockettes, because the Rockettes were the stars. They were the last. <laughs> there was usually a dog act and maybe a comedian. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. And, big s and the choral staircases were filled with singers. It was great. That was 15... 58, 57. So I've been in show business a long time. Taking, co I went to college. I went to um, 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 Hunter and to New School for Social Research. But just as courses, not I didn't do the four-year thing that my daughter is now doing. Uh, she's in theater in uh, Los Angeles. So okay. anyway, that you was my background. Cl classical education at Yale, and so yeah. you had four years of but college. before that. Uh, well, no, I had no intention of being an actress until I was m in my senior year of college because I came from a theater family. Um, my father is Richard Burton, and my mother was an, had been an actress but no longer um, 
was an actress, and I was very much not going into the family business. Oh, what an appalling life. I hate all these people. Who are they? <laughs> and you know, these actresses that I encountered in my life were, you know, a very, I, I really think actresses are very different today in a lot of ways. I mean, these actresses were, you know, constantly, you know, such personalities, you know, bigger than life, the clothes, the jewels, you know. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, I'm in my, you know, t-shirt and blue jeans. I do not belong with these people. <laughs> but I love to act. I really enjoyed acting. And I always acted. Even when I was a history major at Brown, I still acted all the time. I couldn't stay away from the stage. And it was finally my history professor who said, you have a gift. Will you stop it already? You know, you have this gift. You, you really have to give it a try. And I'm like, oh. And then I thought, well, I need to go to drama school because I didn't feel I had a very weak voice, and I and I. Oh I, my God! I know. It's James, no. Daddy. No, it's it's <laughs> everything's fine now. But it, was, <laughs> it took a long time, to be honest. My my yes. the biggest thing for me was vocal. Hmm. I, I I even when I came out of Yale, I still was. I would you know project, and my voice would go up, and it would be strange, and it started to get better my third year at Yale, and then. I was in a musical. I, I did a, not a very successful, but a very fun musical called Doonesbury on Broadway with Gary Beach. <laughs> uh, and uh, we did it at the same time as the original Noises Off, I realized, because I was just yeah. looking at pictures the other day. And I was like, oh my god, there, we are. there was a whole bunch of actors that they took pictures of. And I started studying singing very seriously, sang eight shows a week. Um, and I, I, right after that, I did a Shakespeare play. And it was like. I had areas in my voice that I had never known were there. And that really, and I, then I've always sung mm. ever since then. I've been in one other musical company, but I just love to sing. And I do a vocal warm up every night before the show, had a mm. gabbler. And um, I found that that for me, mm. I mean, certainly the three years at Yale were great and acting, wonderful acting teachers and wonderful classmates, but that was, um, and I was cast very quickly out of Yale. I, I auditioned for a play at um, the round, um, Circle in the Square, um, George C. Scott directed it, Present Laughter. Yeah. And I played Daphne Stillington, the ingenue. <laughs> and uh, it was like I was perfect for the part. I was just perfect for it. And I mean, I was a little ingenue. And I was just so, you know, big round face. I was like, great. You know, everything was great. It was great. And my first show was a huge hit. And I thought, it's great. It's so great. Little did I know. I literally was not in another hit for like 10 years. Oh. I mean, it was sort of oh, like, it, happens, yes. it was oh. just like that. And that's the truth of it. Like I say, there are so, I remember when Robert Preston got his theater world achievement award, he said, let's talk about the flops. Mm. Because that, mm. that's what you remember, actually. You remember those more than the hits, mm. you know? So that was my little trajectory. What do you do before you go on? My vocal warm-up. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. What do you do before you, you do go something? On? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm in the music room. I'm surrounded by the most the most beautiful <laughs> 18 and 19 year old dancers you've ever seen in your life. And I go out and warm up with them on stage every day. And the other day, um, Tyler, one of them said, "You know, you're the first because I ever placed in the show. You're the first Harold Hill who ever who ever came out and warmed up with us." And I thought. Post more. <laughs> <laughs> You're the youngest. <laughs> what were they thinking? Uh, so I do warm up with the dancers on stage, and then um, I do I do a vocal warm up as well, and um, and uh, um, and I grab some coffee and run <laughs> run for the show. Did somebody tell you that you had talent when you were starting out? You started very young, but was there somebody who said this is the path? 
Um, not one particular person. I, 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 as I said, I, when I was very young, I didn't really want to act. I, 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 I wanted, I liked, I liked the theater, but I, I wanted, to, I liked the crew members. I was sort of attracted to the backstage people. And um, no, I, I, I auditioned. I, I understudied at the public theater when I was uh, 15, 14, and then understudied a couple times, and then I, I got this play with Cynthia Nixon called uh, Sally's Gone. Do you remember your flops? Um, I mean, do they stand out as painful memories? Oh, sure. Or just yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you, um, it's it's it's. Uh, I've been blessed. It's been a, a pretty for. I've only been acting for whatever seventeen years or something. But it's. But I've been in a fair amount of well-received productions. Mm -hmm. um, but absolutely, and the bad reviews. Um, there's nothing quite like going to the theater every night, giving a performance that you're pretty sure is bad. <laughs> in a production that's bad. It's just the worst, it's the longest subway ride you're ever going to take at, at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I know that. I know it very well. <laughs> Christine, do you how do you prepare in the evening? <clears throat> I actually don't warm up. I do not warm up at all. I mean, and somebody had said, to, um, to, somebody had once asked Ethel Merman, they said, you know, Miss Merman, don't you warm up before the show? I said, what do you think the first number is for? <laughs> 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 that's, so that's kind of the way I feel. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what do you think the first number is for? That's kind of it. I know I'm serious. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about me. I, I think, uh, you know, I get ready when they call five. That's when I, when they call five minutes to eight, that's when I, Decide to put my makeup on, and um, <laughs> when do you usually by, you know, about five or ten minutes after the oh after the overture. <laughs> I think it's that you know that that you know that uh, that's how I can get the adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. Maybe is if I'm going to be late. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess I've never missed. I haven't missed it so far. So, but but yeah. Has it always been that way? Uh, that I don't warm up and yeah. get ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always been that way. I think from you know third grade. Your bus is leaving in five minutes. Get out of bed. You know? <laughs> that was kind of the way. I don't know. That's how I. That's just the way I've always operated. Seems to. And that's not necessarily <laughs> good. I would recommend that for everybody. No, no, but, no, um, no, just it just kind of works for me. <laughs> what works for you, Peter? Do you? Uh, prepare? I would, I would, do I care? No, so do you prepare? Oh. Do you prepare? Of course you care. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking of a story, that, and, and I, I hope this is true, because I've told it because I love this story. It's about Jerry Orbach in 42nd Street. I heard it from some crew guys, and I, it may not be true, but it, Jerry Orbach apparently backstage uh, when he was off, during 42nd Street, would, had a ha uh, would play cards with the crew, as you know, you often do. And like, he was a never missed an entrance. Never missed an entrance. The most professional, extraordinary guy in the world. One day, he missed the entrance. And the stage manager, this is, I hope this is true, the stage <laughs> manager came up, Joey, Joey, you're on! Oh, yeah? How am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> How great is that? Um, yeah, yeah, well, we're still at a very, very, very tender stage right now. Um, uh, I'm, I'm busy pasting the lines on my arms. Which only our doors and yeah, and all that physical stuff. It's, it's a second, uh, second preview. So what I will do is I will, you know, refresh my memory with in terms of 
the, the t heads and tails of ins and outs of scenes and and just I like to be precise with the mm -hmm. author's you know language and uh, and I stretch and I vocalize a little bit because there's a lot of I don't do as much physical stuff as some of the other cast members but there's uh, are opportunities to get very hurt um, and uh, uh, you know have a cup of coffee and think about you know, and then by the time I go on, have as little in my mind as possible mm -hmm. and just be available to... Do you look at the audience at all before you go on? No. Um, but I am in this odd position <laughs> of being in the audience <laughs> yeah. for the first act. Oh, that's right. right. So, yeah, so. And then that was very strange because <laughs> it was nothing I could rehearse. For the no, entire no, rehearsal no, process, oh, we're, we're in a room as big as this with a full-size set to practice the opening and closing of doors. But, of course... My stage for the first act is the audience, and so depending on who's there, and I'll sit down with next to somebody, and uh, I'm still very much discovering that. But I, I really try not to let the size or the condition of the audience mm -hmm. and, uh, affect what I'll be doing. I have confidence, as you were saying, Valerie, I have confidence that if I do my work and I trust the play and dig deeper in it, that you know, something is going to emerge. And, uh, and if, if nothing, at least I get the opportunity to spend that time with other extraordinary craftsmen and act women <coughs> actors that I love very much and doing a play that I love very much. So either way, you can't lose. <laughs> Do audiences affect you? Um, I, you know, I guess they use, uh, they, of course, I mean, they do, but I don't ask anything of them. I'm delighted when they show up, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I have a real f deep affection f for the audience, the people that have made the effort to come, and uh, so I. It doesn't affect what I'm going to do on stage. I try not to, in terms of laughs, as you were saying. I, n I never try to anticipate that. If my if I my attention is not where it needs to be, in that show, with that person or that activity or whatever it is, I'm, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And everything else is a bonus. And, and it's, it's, I, I have tremendous affection for the people that come out, you know. What's the worst thing that's happened? You've been in many other plays. I mean, you know, we hear stories about the prop not being there or somebody not showing up. What's, has anything like that happened to you? Um, oh, yeah, so many things. <laughs> um, I remember one, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I, 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 this is not the most spectacular. I mean, I've been out there. In fact, I was doing the musical version of another Ibsen play, <laughs> A Doll's Life, based on A Doll's House, when the set never arrived. <laughs> uh, for my, my set, of course, for my room where I was going to, you know, make love to Betsy Jocelyn in a manner of speaking. I was a violinist, and so I improvised naturally and said something about the rent being late. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, it was the biggest laugh <laughs> that we got in that show <laughs> ever. ever. <laughs> and it was one of the biggest flops in the history. Oh, no. and, you know, the more important thing about all this is, I think Woody Allen said in one of his movies, but 90% of life is showing up. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, it's about showing up. You don't know what's going to happen, but you know nothing's going to happen <laughs> if you don't show up. And in terms of those auditions and and and. It's the same thing. You can't mm -hmm. take it personally, yes. and you mm -hmm. can't you can't 
abandon your own instincts and your own sense of self in hopes that someone, either a director or a casting director, someone is going to Great. say, you're the greatest kid. Because it'll never happen. They're too busy worried about themselves. And too <laughs> right. busy worried about what to do with the show. And the most bizarre things happen. You know, I remember, I've actually heard once from a, which never happens, is years after an audition that I thought I had really been good in, the guy that I was reading across the, st it was an actor they'd hired to read with, he came up to me and told me what happened after I left the room. And it's, look, at see how everybody <laughs> what leans in. What did he in. say? <laughs> see how everybody leans in because this is the stuff you never hear. Because you're constantly lied to. <laughs> and you expect that. There's no, because no one's really no, interested in you or your well-being. They're really interested in their own well-being. And because it's a tough business and nobody knows what the answer is anyway. So why be mean if you don't know what you're th thinking about anyway? But I had given this audition. And I really, you know, I was prepared uh, up and down the way. It was a very powerful kind of great part. And, and, I, and I felt like I knocked it out of the park. There were a couple of the producers were crying. And <laughs> I was thinking, wow, I think I did all right. <laughs> and so I left the room, and I never heard another word about it. And then uh, t ten years later, I ran into the guy that was reading across. He said, you know, I've always wanted to run into you again. I've got to tell you what happened after you left the room. And I, oh, I said, oh, my God, I'd love to know what happened. He said, well, you, you were awesome, man. We were like this. We were like and I wasn't crazy. There were people crying. We were all thinking, you know, the producer, one of the producers, well, we found our guy. We found our guy. This is great. Oh, they're all like this. this. And the director looks up and says, his nose is too big. And then it went from like, we found our guy. He's right. Get you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, you see, it it. It, 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 it's insane. Oh, it's insane. all insane. <laughs> so you can't, it's about showing up, no matter what. No matter what. And, you know, if the direct, nobody's perfect. What you hope is you have to, great play, and it's true, when it's a great show, it's a, it's, it, when it works, it's, I've done so many more flops than hits. But getting back to things that happened on opening night, the real thing, I replaced a guy when he was out of town in the original production of Real Thing in America, Mike Nichols was directing. And Mike was amazing. I had four hours of rehearsal. And it was oh an amazing God. part. <laughs> I'd been in the original production of Grease, Company of Grease, which was a hit. And then I'd, didn't, I'd started in the uh, Broadway revival in, in the 70s of Hair, which was a flop, but I left to do Grease. <laughs> and Doll's Life was a flop. Corn is Green was a flop. And so I thought, I didn't care. I was working. Yeah. I have a job. <laughs> a job. That's so what? It's a great play. I'm working. All right, what am I doing next week? I didn't mind. I never felt more successful and never felt richer or happier. Well, maybe not happier, but I was... <laughs> working. Uh, yeah, I was working. It was the greatest. But in the real thing, I had four hours of rehearsal. So it was all very... Raw before I made my first preview on Broadway, and I was and it was a turntable revolve that you know spun out into the audience. So I'm thinking, all right, okay, I'm doing my thing, what I do before I go on, and just think about it, bang, boom, boom, you know, I'm thinking, all right, and all of a sudden I hear these enormous explosions, and this was in the '80s when there was all sorts of you know threats and things, and. Uh, and so I, I go, I think, all right, okay, we've been hit, man. This is not going to be anybody out there. I can't believe there's no sirens. There's nobody going to get me. And all of a sudden, the turntable starts to move. Oh. I'm going, holy. <laughs> and the lights come up. And I realize 
that I got to do the scene. <laughs> and I just look, remember looking out in the audience. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> For some miraculous reason, I, I remembered my line. <laughs> and I got to the scene, and I totally forgot what had happened. By the time I finished the scene, uh, I'd completely forgot. Next night, same thing oh happens. I'm, thinking, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Nobody's running. Nobody's doing anything. I mean, it's explosions in my head. And I get out, and finally, I realize Jason Robards is next door doing You Can't Take It With You. And he goes down to the basement, and he has these explosions. Oh! <laughs> so, so you never know. Oh, you the never thing know. is, no matter how long you're doing doing it, you never know what's going to hit oh, you when. There's always a new way to be surprised. Oh. Anybody else yes. been surprised? Just three weeks ago, I am in the scene with Michelle. She comes in. She's this gorgeously dressed person, and I'm a shl schlumping around in a terrible robe. I'm unhappy. It's the tale of the allergist wife in the beginning. She's just a miserable hell self-hating ball of neuroses <laughs> and we have this wonderful scene by the bar and she's got this fabulous boucle looking uh, beige and purple not not beige and brown scarf over her shoulder and her jewelry and red nails and she's talking and I walk over and I see we're talking about my daughters I have two daughters Joan and Rochelle is the name and I'll show you their picture and uh, in Roach this big oh is walking oh. up my, my co-star and my friends Beautiful chest, okay? <laughs> and it is the color of the thing, and I looked, I couldn't believe it. And so I sort of, and we kept going on with the scene, and it's going up, and it's going like this. It's being a big oh. scene of oh, itself. No. It's <laughs> carrying on and walking slowly, slowly toward her face. I thought, if, Ro if she sees this. So I walk over to her, and I'm talking, and I say, yes, Rochelle, and there are two daughters. I can't believe her name I'll was Rochelle. and Rochelle, and I just... Slap the hell out of this thing. I'm sure it hit the back. I just slapped it. And Michelle looks at me like this. And, 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 and we carried on with the scene. She said, I knew something was happening. But the rest of the scene, I was like this. I had such a horrible aversion to them. And it was big. But I got it. I, I think he hit the back wall. Oh, everybody yes, wants to I, get into show <laughs> But I don't think the audience saw him. They thought we went crazy. Yeah. I don't oh, know what. But good. I did slap it off. I, I do have, so I yes. have a story. It, opening night of current events at the Manhattan Theater Club about a year ago. Uh, it was opening night. In, in the beginning of Act Two, I had this long monologue describing basically what happened in the mysteries, unlocking the mysteries of what happened in Act One. And it was one of those kind of stages where the audience is, is on the same level. So this, the, uh, you know, there's the stage, and it just goes right out to the house, and the, the chairs are all right there. And all of a sudden, I'm looking out, and I'm, t you know, with this serious monologue. I'm going on and on and on about this. And all of a sudden, I look out in the audience, and I see People going like this. They're lifting their feet up. And you hear them going. And I look over, and there's a little mouse that's on stage with me. Oh! It looked like he was, he was, like he'd been something, like they were trying to trap him, you know what I mean, with, uh, with poison oh, or whatever. Dazed. Yeah, so he, he was, was, he was kind of like, oh, <laughs> where am I? I thought, oh, what am I going to do? It's opening night. <laughs> And no one is listening to me because they're all worried about the mouse that's going to like run up their leg. You know? <laughs> so I stopped the show. Yes. I said, I got to stop. We have to acknowledge the mouse here because <laughs> I've never worked with a mouse before. Children <laughs> and animals. None of my Acknowledge the mouse. But somehow, yes. I like, we acknowledged the mouse and I don't know what, I think they got, I can't remember what happened. I think. 
he scurried off somewhere. He heard his name called, so he scurried <laughs> off behind somewhere, and then we went on with the show, so they were able to pay attention. But oh, you know, I know. there's things. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. There's no business. See, like you will be working with animals, roaches. <laughs> you, if if you were going to put your daughter on the stage, <laughs> what would you say to them? Let's, what bit of advice would you give to someone who wants to go on the stage? Oh, I have that. Every experience. one of you. Yeah. Not, Follow your heart. My daughter is doing that. And she just, just told me, senior class in, in, in high school, Mom, I don't want to be a doctor. I'm going to go in the theater. And so I said, prepare yourself. And she's in school. Right. And now she wants to go on the stage. Yes. What happens? Um, oh, my God. Where um, does she start? I, uh, well, my daughter is going to be an actress. I know. She's Let's three go and a half. <laughs> she's three and a half, and I know this already. <laughs> she's a born actress. It's shocking. Anyway, uh, I, she you know. She was born uh, at the American Theater with <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just, again, follow your heart. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you need to try, you've got to try. Give it a try. Absolutely. But I do, I do, do say, you know, Get um, some training. I have to you be have honest. To oh, I really do think absolutely. that that really helps you persevere. I really what do. would you advise, Robert? Um, I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I would say I really, really hope you're talented. And, <laughs> and uh, get... I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, you mentioned the Old Globe. There, are the Old Globe, Williamstown. There are great places for young mm -hmm. actors to, to apprentice, uh, yes. literally, and exactly. it's uh, that's a great thing to do. I think mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to seek out theaters that that um, that have actors around uh, to, to apprentice. Christine, would you advise? Well, I th no, I think that the the, the I have a mo I'm a mother of three children, and mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest challenges uh, as a parent is to recognize the type of flower that has come into your house. That yeah. some, some of them are cactuses and don't <laughs> require as much water and need lots of sun, and some of them are more delicate and, you know, need, need different kind, need to be in the shade more, you know. So it's sort of being able to recognize the flower that you have and let them unfold as they are. So if that, if they are, if, if that is their proclivity and that is their desire, then they're going to find that out. You, you, you need to encourage that, but also in, inject reality that, you know, like you said, they need to get... Uh, Training that that's important. They have to be able to um, have the technique, you know, mm -hmm. to, to carry through all the rejection um, and and other things. But it's just sort of being able to 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 know what they want and be able to encourage that. I think that's what my parents did for me. Oh, hmm? The training and studying is important. Yeah. I Whatever so. that is, whether it's a drama school or whether it's I think encouragement helps, too. You know, I think that, yes. that, you know, as parents, if you can recognize in your children that, um, that this is something that they have a desire for and that they have a talent for and that, you know, and even if they don't have a talent for it, you know what, they're going to find that out anyway, aren't they? Mm -hmm. It's not your job mm -hmm. to tell them. So it's really sort of what's in their heart, being able to encourage and, you know, inject reality into that, um, you know, what the practical steps are that they need to take, like being in school and and things like that. Thank you very much. We've run out of time. We could have gone on. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us here to talk <laughs> about the uh, performing art in the seminar on working in the theater that is coming to you from the Graduate Center of City University. And we thank you very much. That's good. <laughs> thank you.